or what the Greeks called parousia, which translated to English is frank speech. So the, the Greeks said there were two elements to true friendship, someone who's willing to die for another and someone who delivers frank speech. From the Mecca of Mormonism, this is Heart of the Matter, where we're learning together how to live the life of Christianity, or as a Christian, in the age of fulfillment. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. This is a short show, and it must be Monday night. When it comes to the faith, there are some topics that we talk about right off the bat. We talk about faith and Bible reading and second coming, crucifixion, atonement, I want to talk about a really important topic tonight that's often overlooked in the faith, friends. The Bible does present several characters who were abandoned by their family and friends, and I think that any sold-out seeker of truth will experience the same thing in the course of their lifetime. We read of Job and David and Jeremiah and Paul, and of course Jesus, abandoned by their friends. In Job 19, 13, 17 we read, he has put my brethren far from me, and mine acquaintance verily are estranged from me. My kinsfolk have failed, and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwelt in, the, in, the, they that dwelt in my house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I called my servant, he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife. I can say that. I can say the same thing. Though I, though I entreated for the children's sake of my own body. Several times we read how the psalmist was forsaken by his friends in times of calamity. Psalm 30, 11 says, My lovers and my friends stood aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand far off. As a prophecy of Judas towards Christ, we read in Psalm 41, 9, Yea, my old familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And Psalm 55, 12 bitterly addresses the hurt of friends turning on us when it says, For I was not an enemy that for it was not an enemy that approached re boy, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that I didn't magnify myself against that Wow. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my guide, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. Of course, speaking prophetically of the Savior, Zechariah 3.13.6 6 says, And one shall say to him, What are these wounds in your hands? To Jesus. And then he shall say, those which I was wounded in the house with in the house of my friends. In John 16, 32, Jesus said to his disciples, Behold, the hour comes, yea, is now come, that you will be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, but the Father is with me. Having eaten their last meal, Jesus said to the disciples, beginning at Mark Chapter 14, verse 27. All you shall be offended of me because of this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am risen, I will go 
before you into Galilee. But Peter said to him, although all will be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said to him, verily I say unto you that this day in the sight of before, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter spake more vehemently, if I should die with you, I will not deny you in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And outside the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was surrounded and it was evident that he was going to be taken, we read in Matthew 26, 56, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. While the texts are there about friendship, we don't speak much of the value of real friends and true friends in the faith today. Interestingly, genuine friendship is a vital component of being a Christian. In John 15, 12-15, Jesus himself said to his disciples, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father I have made known to you. That's how he defines his being a friend, that everything he heard from his father, he made known to them. What is interesting about these words is Jesus first says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This was not a new teaching in that age. There was a common theme of real friendship anciently. In the symposium, Plato writes, only those who love wish to die for others. Giving up of one's life for a friend was key to the way the Hellenistic thought went. We don't think much about dying for our friends today. Instead, we think of what they can do for us, uh, not what we can do for them. But for a Christian, the important idea of friendship, the idea of dying for another is more than manifest. We sacrifice for our friends. In love, we reach out to help them in times of need, which is tantamount to dying for our, uh, to ourselves. That when we would rather be watching a movie or doing something else, we instead take the time to go and help a friend in need. Death to self on behalf of a friend is a really important element to friendship, and it was really important to the Greeks. That was one of the two ways they defined true friendship, someone who would lay their life down for another. But there was another element to true friendship anciently that's often ignored today, and it goes unrewarded today when it is done. And that's a willingness to tell a friend the truth, or what the Greeks called parousia which translated to English is frank speech. So the, the Greeks said there were two elements to true friendship, someone who's willing to die for another and someone who delivers frank speech. We see frank speech and true friendship illustrated by animals and nature. That's how the Greeks saw it. When danger lurks, they let out a cry that only that species of animal will understand. You'll, the monkey will call, the bird will caw, and that the, the, the birds will understand that that friend 
is warning them of something that's headed their way and to run. It's from one of their kind and given as a warning, uh, a friendly warning of incoming danger. The ancients saw the lack of such frank speech as a lack of nobility and a sure sign of unfriendliness. So you have a friend who puts on a very, very, very unflattering outfit. A true friend will take them aside, again, aside so as not to hurt them, and tell them so. A false friend will flatter them and get them to go out in public in such an outfit. Uh, Because that is the way of the jungle. According to the Hellenistic philosophers, to be somebody's friend was to speak frankly and honestly to them and hold nothing back. Interestingly, after Jesus says that the greatest love is for a man to lay down his life for his friends, he says, I have called you friends for all things I have heard of my father, I have made known to you. That's a form of frank speech. I lay down my life and I've made known all these things to you. And here's the truth about Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He laid down his life for them, and he always spoke the truth, frankly, because he's the ultimate friend that anybody can have. He speaks the truth. This is understood, I think. What's not so understood is that as Christians who follow Christ as Lord, we are to embrace the same very approaches with our friends. We lay down our lives for them, for greater love has no man than this. And included in this is we provide them with frank speech. Frank speech. Both actions are based in love. Both, therefore, ought to be done in love, with love. We aren't often presented with opportunities to actually die for another person who's a friend. But we lay down our lives, our time, our interest for others when they really need it. Uh, The principle, therefore, remains the same. Real friends love you in action more than others who love you with words. Words are nice. Actions are everything when it comes to friendship. Additionally, to be a real friend and to experience a real friend is to have frank talk with them. Direct love-based speech, which can lend to pain, sometimes even the end of a friendship in some cases, when people don't understand that that's a form of love not a form of mistreatment. We're not talking about speech that is frank on every subject under the sun, only on those topics uh, that have substance to keep them from being harmed or put in danger. We're talking about calling things as they are when you could keep a friend from being ruined or, or, or hurt or destroyed. I'm all about freedom. Liberty and letting people choose to do what they want to do and say and loving them uh, irrespective. But I'm simultaneously